Welcome inside the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. I am Trevor Sikama. With me is Benjamin Solak on what is always a beautiful Monday morning. But Ben, today the sun is shining even brighter on 20 NFL teams because it is officially draft season for fans of those teams. And I got to tell you. Imagine being in the draft order right now. I'm yeah. just like, I wonder what that would feel like. I can answer that for you, Ben. Oh my goodness. Tell I me, can answer that for I you don't know. right now. And let me tell you, the hope springs eternal. The Bucks are about to make seven all-pro selections in the 2020 NFL draft. The franchise is about to be saved somehow. Okay, maybe not. Uh, But the best part about draft season is that you could convince yourself that half of that might actually happen. And that's why we love our job so much. So, as all of you beautiful people probably know, the first 20 picks in the NFL draft were set due to the final week of the regular season ending on Sunday. And with that, yeah, 20 fan bases know exactly where their teams are going to at least be slotted to start things out. I'm always hesitant to say, oh, this is where they're going to pick. Like like the Bucs are picking 14th. Well, they might not actually pick 14th. So, But right now, they have that spot, as do 19 other NFL teams. So it's very exciting. Welcome to all of you into draft season officially. I know we like to say the draft season never ends, but officially begins for all of those teams today. Ben, I have a treat We have a treat for the good listeners today, and that is that we are going to do a 20-pick mock draft for all the teams whose spots have already been solidified, which means you don't get to make a pick for the Eagles. So, ha. That's okay. I liked that teaser, though, that the Bucs are currently picking 14 and may not always be picking 14. Hmm. (laughs) interesting that's always the case with teams though like i really do think that it's 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 funny when they say like oh they're gonna pick 10th well they might not pick 10 (laughs) you don't know that that's the fun of the draft here's a hypothetical question for you real quick because we're talking about the bucks picking 14th yes potentially moving up Mm -hmm. and they'd be moving up for a quarterback which is more impressive (laughs) Jameis winston 30 touchdowns and 30 interceptions in a single season or Carson Wentz throwing 4,000 yards in the season. First quarterback to do so in Eagles history. And no, none of his receivers had more than 500 yards receiving. What's more impressive? Yes. Uh, Winston's. Winston's. I also think it's Winston's. But that stat when Fox dropped that, like I don't even think mentally like how what it takes to process that. Carson Wentz had no wide receiver garner more than 500 yards and yet threw for more than 4,000 yards this season. That is bananas cream pie. No, it's crazy. There have been a lot. Of, I feel like there have been a lot of storylines and happenings throughout this NFL yep. season that were just absolutely wild. The Eagles Our and teams the Buccaneers. Were two of the weirdest. Yes, without a doubt. Let's get this mock going because I want to get into it. Make sure that we get into all of these picks and be able to explain team situations and team selections well. So you ready to do it? Please, Trevor. Please. You want to do odds, or you want me to do odds? Please. I, I would. I like. I was about to be, like, be graceful and like, oh, I'd love for you to start. But then I realized the person who starts has absolutely nothing to do because we all know who the pick's <laughs> going to be. But you can still go ahead and start. <laughs> so, wait, am I starting then? Go for it. Okay, great. Joe Burrow, you're up, number two. Uh, no, but all right. come, come on, guys. We all watched the college football playoff games this weekend. Joe Burrow put up 
in the in the, in a playoff game, one of the best college quarterback performances we've ever seen. Every single week we watch this kid play, whether it's an early out of conference team like Texas, whether it's a tough uh, SEC opponent like Auburn or Florida, whether it's a rivalry week like Alabama or an SEC championship game like going up against Georgia. Every opponent that Joe Burrow has gone up against, he has not only beaten, but look 100% in control and dominant no matter who he has faced. This is the best player in college football. He has been the best player in college football since that Texas game. That has never been in doubt, and yet here he is in the late month of December going into the early month of January about to play for a national title and having one of the best seasons in college football history. He's the man for the Bengals, without a doubt, and I'd be remiss if I didn't say right now that I don't care what the current offensive play caller, offensive coordinator situation is for Cincinnati. I am breaking the bank to get Joe Brady to come to Cincinnati with Burrow. Right. Without, I do not care who they have in charge right now. I'm breaking the bank to get Joe Brady to be the offensive coordinator in Cincinnati. So right because your biggest your biggest doubt right now with Joe Burrow is that he's a product of Joe Brady, and your biggest doubt with Joe Brady is he's a product of Joe Burrow. So why risk what if we it? Solved solved two birds with one stone. Y- yeah, Cincinnati won two games this season. Ain't a coach on that staff more safe than what would be the experiment of putting Joe Brady and Joe Burrow that combination into the NFL. Make it right. happen, Cincinnati. Make it happen. Washington at two? Yes. Um, I personally do not believe Chase Young is a lock for this team. What I will say is that the moment that Bruce Allen gets released of football operation duties and that's placed in the hands of a different general manager, Chase Young becomes a ton more likely for this team. And he's like high 90s percent chance in the pick because when you have Allen, you traded up back into the first round last year, draft Montez Sweat, who ended the season with seven sacks. He came on pretty nicely to finish the year. Mm-hmm. That's the guy you already invested in. Maybe you don't want to you know, take away playing time from that guy you traded up for because you want him to be good. You bring in a new football operations staff, new uh, personnel evaluation. They don't care about last year's guys. They don't care about who you drafted. Now you got to make strong early picks to build yourself some job security, and that's picking Chase Young. So to me, where all the rumors are strongly pointing to that if Bruce Allen is not fully out of Washington, he's definitely out of running the personnel department. And once you install a new staff, that's when you go for those safe blue chip picks, even if positionally you've already invested in that position recently, like the, the Redskins have with Montez Sweat. So I think the new staff is a big aiming point. It's a big, uh, it's a big indicator of where Washington might go. Chase Young, best player on the board, potentially even with Joe Burrow on the board. Chase Young's the best player on the board. A uh, freak college guy. You know, uh, where was he against Clemson? He was getting triple team. Calm the heck down. Yeah. Uh, Chase Young to the Redskins. Lions have a couple of different directions that they could go here as a team officially picking number three. They could certainly hold a giant ransom for this number three overall pick, depending if maybe there is a chance that Chase Young doesn't go number two. I'm not sure, but for guys like Derrick Brown, for a team to get their first crack at the number one wide receiver, whoever they think that is, whether it is Judy or CeeDee Lamb or Henry Ruggs, maybe the top offensive tackle, maybe even Tua Tungle by Loa, 
those could all be interest points and selling points for the number three overall pick here for the Detroit Lions who could go a couple of different ways. They need linebacker help. I don't think they're picking linebacker here at number three. They could also use an edge rusher. AJ Epinesis, the one who comes to mind as a guy who, if they're picking one at three, he's the guy I think they're going to pick. But I ultimately think that if they are going to stay here, their guy is going to be Jeffrey Akuda, the cornerback from Ohio State. Pairing him with uh, with Darius Slay, giving them that one-two combo to lock down the outside and really bolster that secondary, not only from a talent perspective, but also a perspective to get takeaways, as we're seeing is much more important in today's game. That's going to be too much for him. I think it's a perfect fit, and I think Akuda is worthy of a selection like number three overall. I agree as well. I think I like Akuda. The more I watch him, the more I think, oh, maybe Darius Slay again. Maybe two Darius Slays. How would that sound? Would you right. like that? Right. It just makes a lot of sense to me. New York, big now the draft order is locked in. Big losers, giant losers, big losers of draft order. Uh, there goes Chase Young at two. There goes Jeffrey Akuda, who also should have been on the board for them at three. Isaiah Simmons been a popular pick here, linebacker out of Clemson. A, a dominant performance against Ohio State, fresh on the mind right now. But Simmons has had a, a tremendous junior season. He's a graduate, I believe, and so I'm relatively certain that we, we we can expect him to come out and almost lock that in. Wide receiver is a position that I still don't think the Giants should overlook in the first round, but they continue to get solid play out of Darius Slayton. Golden Tate's been waking up a little bit. And obviously, he's under contract for a couple of years, so it's not like he's going anyway, anywhere. Um, and then edges, I love AJ Epinesa. I don't think he's going to go at four to the Giants. Uh, Giants might change their defensive coaching staff, and then all of a sudden now they'll value a player like Epinesa, but right now with how they, they blitz, they won't value a player like Epinesa. So mm-hmm. to me, Isaiah Simmons makes the most sense for the Giants at four. Man, linebacker going four. We were, we were talking I about mean, should Devin White. Special linebacker. I know, but we were even talking about should Devin White go five last year, you know? So a linebacker going four, it'd be kind of crazy. Miami Dolphins here in number five. Last mock draft I did two weeks ago, Dolphins fans were up in arms, Ben, about my haul that I gave the Dolphins because if you take away where they were picked, I had the Dolphins coming away with Andrew Thomas, Justin Herbert, and Caleb on chase on. The Dolphins came away with that haul. That's a pretty damn good draft haul with their first three picks. But because I didn't give them Tua at the top, oh my God goodness were my mentions aflame yeah well those are three really really good football players I just gave you so (laughs) I I couldn't believe I could not believe how much pushback I got from that Dolphin fans feel like y'all got to be a little bit more open-minded than this it's not going to go exactly the way that you're seeing mocks go right now I definitely did that mock to be a little bit different and I thought that's a great haul for the Dolphins so if they wanted to come and put that point of view there I think they could come away with some great players. However, here at number five, what I actually think would be the best move for them is to, in fact, draft Tua. What I was saying last week when I did the last draft is, hey, I've done this before. I've mocked Tua to Miami before. I think that's a great pick. I think it's probably the right pick. But if I if that didn't happen, here's another avenue they could go. They still came out with a really great haul, but here in this mock draft, number five, I'm giving them the guy that I think they should go with in Tua Tungavailoa at number five. Very proud to see the Chargers all the way up to six. They did a lot of good work there at the end of the season. Always respect the team that knows how to improve their draft stock when the season is for sure lost. I think they lost like 
five of the last six or something like that. Very well done. Impressive an, stuff. That's an elegant. That is an elegant backhanded compliment right there. Thank you. Yes, of course. Now the issue is, where do we go if we're not going quarterback where with do Tua we go and Burrow? From here? Sorry. If two of Burrow are off the board, are we talking about Justin Herbert as the sixth overall pick? Mm. I think it's something that that's that's going to be a long, hard look for them. If Tua's there, we talked about this before, I think LA makes a ton of sense for Tua. Um, but with Herbert, I, I don't think he's not nearly the caliber prospect Tua is when both of them are healthy. So it's a bit more of a debate. Other than that, they need help in the trenches. We have the full bevy of offensive tackles on the board. I think the more and more we get this class into clarity, the more and more we realize Jedrick Wills is going to be off the board in the top 10. He's very likely going to be the first offensive tackle off the board if he comes out. And right tackle is where I think the Chargers do need the most help, so Wills gets to stay at his current natural position and not have to worry about making the switch in training camp, which is a bit of a big deal. You know, it, it, it allows him to be more of an immediate impact versus having to have a, maybe a longer learning curve. So I will send Jedrick Wills to the Chargers at 6. And I know probably L.A. fans be like, hey, when we were at 12, we were getting Jedrick Wills. Why were we at 6, we are getting Jedrick Wills? Well, just as you're getting better in the draft order, Wills' stock has been improving. So yeah. this is a, a player who a month ago we thought might be worth 12. Now a month later we think might be worth 6. That's how good he's been over the past couple of games. Yep. No, I agree with you. Carolina's picking at 7. They're losers of eight straight. Going to be looking for a head coach. Going to be changing the way they do things at the top in terms of the front office and how much control the owner has with decision-making, all that kinds of stuff. I don't think Cam Newton is going to be the quarterback for the Panthers next year. I just don't. The way that it seems like they're cleaning house, it also seems like they're going to clean house at the quarterback position. And so because of that, even though I would love to give Carolina a guy like Derek Brown, I'd even love to give Carolina a guy like... um, Javon Kinlaw at number seven. I'd have no problem doing that. They need a quarterback. Um, and and if what I believe is going to happen with the Panthers throughout this offseason, and if, if they don't re-sign Cam, if Cam's not their guy, it has to be a quarterback at number seven. They've even I even think that Carolina's got to be a player to move up in this draft, jumping Miami, jumping the Los Angeles Chargers to potentially get to a... I mean, Carolina is a team that could be a prime trade partner for a pick, like I was saying before, in Detroit that has that number three overall pick. Detroit just drops down four picks, probably gets a lot in return, is able to make a lot more draft picks, fill a lot more draft needs, and Carolina is able to get the guy that they really need into a Tunga Vailoa. But because two is not here, I gave him to the Dolphins two picks earlier. Given Carolina Justin Herbert, just because it's got to be a quarterback, I really do think it's got to be that way. Justin Herbert, yeah. I mean, with the way Miami, Los Angeles, and Carolina fell, Herbert, like, because if, if Tua's not worth the top 10 pick, if he goes back or something, mm-hmm. man, feels like Herbert's not getting out of the top seven the way no. this looks right now. No, probably not. And obviously, yeah, trade up is going to put him in the top five. Now it's uh, 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 Arizona. It's the Cardinals at eight. And it's a pick that I really like, a fit that I really like. And and with the teams that we have ahead of them and the quarterbacks we had going, Derek Brown makes it all the way to the Cardinals. Listen, in desperate need of some interior push on the defensive line, help out Chandler Jones, have a guy that can win one-on-one reps against guards and against centers, create that interior push, move quarterbacks off their spot quickly, staunch against the run as well. I think the Cardinals need size and power on the interior. That's Derek Brown's game. It's a, a handful of a man to handle. Oh, uh, man. For, for, okay. Average size players. Did you want him in Jacksonville? I was I was thinking about him in Jacksonville. Well, was. don't think about him anymore because he just went off the board. <laughs> number eight to Arizona. If only you could have. Appreciate that. Uh, 
Jacksonville. They need playmakers. They also need trench help. But when a guy like C.D. Lamb is sitting here, you don't let a guy like that get out of the top ten. Him who just declared officially. Uh, yes, he did. Congratulations to C.D. Lamb joining the uh, joining the draft pool. I think that this guy really could be the next Odell Beckham Jr. Everything that he could do from a, um, an athletic standpoint, a hand standpoint, uh, yards after the catch, how well he runs routes, how well he could fight for balls in the air. I think this, is, this kid is a superstar in the making. I really do. Um, I know Broncos fans were really hoping that CeeDee Lamb could be a guy that's on their radar, but with them picking all the way back at 15 now, I just don't think that's going to happen. So I, I do think that the Jaguars are going to take a wide receiver with one of their f- two first-round picks. I'll give it to them here at number nine with C.D. Lamb. Oh, Lamb ahead of Judy. I co-sign. <laughs> yeah, I know you've been you've been a C.D. Lamb guy from the moment the 2020 draft process. Sedarian. Yep. It's 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 Cleveland at ten. It's desperate needs on the offensive line. I will take a moment to say real quick. Yes. Very proud of the Browns for hiring Freddie Kitchens in 2018. I thought it was the right move. Very proud of firing. Freddie Kitchens in 2019 thought it was the right move. Browns are getting aggressive at head coach. No more. Hugh Jackson gets the second year, right? We're, we're, we're making moves here. We got a quarterback. We are not screwing around every year matters in Cleveland. I appreciate that a lot. So Freddie Kitchens gone. New, uh, new coaching staff is going to come in. How are they going to approach the team? We don't know. What I do know is that the offensive tackle cupboards are bare in Cleveland. They're in desperate need of offensive line help. Actually have multiple positions. If you walk through, there really are, a few, if any, players who I would look at on this offensive line and say, yes, this is a player that is secured in their starting job for the next three years. You know what I mean? It's it's it, 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 it's the weakest unit on the team by far. And so best offensive lineman that's left, Andrew Thomas, uh, a player that I think, you know, as I said, I think Jedrick Wills has a good chance to be OT1 off the board when it's all said and done. But as of the last few months, last few weeks, the general expectations for mock drafts, and Andrew Thomas has been that dude. He hasn't gotten bad. He hasn't gotten worse. This is still a consummate professional. I think he can play left side, right side. I think he can beat speed rushers, power rushers, uh, technique rushers. He's a, a consummate, well-rounded, eddy, steady sort of a dude on the outside. You love to have that sort of a presence on your offensive line. Mm-hmm. Thomas is a franchise dude, uh, so I'll put him in Cleveland at 10. Having a little fun here with the New York Jets at number 11. They need trench help. They need offensive tackle. I think if Andrew Thomas were still on the board, this would be the pick for the Jets. They have often been mocked Tristan Wirfs as well as A.J. Epinesa. Jerry Judy is another guy that we've seen go to New York many times. He is still on the board, but throwing a wild card in there. You ready for it? Hit me with that. Giving him Kayla Von Chase on. I didn't know. I don't know how much you guys got to watch that LSU game, but as Joe Burrow was doing his thing on the offensive end, Kayla Von Chase on was doing his thing on the defensive end. I mean, he he's had some injuries that have kept him off the field, but oh my goodness, you saw some flashes of what he was playing up against Oklahoma this past weekend. I hope we get to see even more of it in that Clemson-LSU game, the final game of the year, because I think that this guy's got special potential. Kyle's been on him for a long time, and I've been a little bit hesitant to be as on board as Kyle is, but man, the flashes are there. Uh, He seems like a guy who is just continually getting better and working on his craft. This is a true speed rusher. This is the kind of players that the NFL covets, especially uh, when you need a premium edge guy. They want guys that can win with speed. I think Caleb on is that guy. So let's have a little fun. Give him to the Jets here at 11 to switch it up. Jerry Judy on the board? Yes. 12? 
Oakland Oakland Raiders? Yes. What? Easy. Easy. Oakland, Las Vegas, you guys like to yell at us when you do not like the picks. I swear if any single one of you has a problem with Jerry Judy at 12, I will listen because I care, but I will resent you in my head. I will bet this is this is unnecessary. You spoiled little brats. Jerry Judy in Oakland's a big deal because mm-hmm. he has he's a three level threat. And Henry Ruggs still is, and I, I like the Henry Ruggs fit. Ruggs is a three level threat. I don't want to present that he isn't. But Judy really is that guy who can separate at any level of the field at any time. You cannot play cap coverage on him, you can't play trail coverage on him, he can break everything off. So you really need to be able to cap him on top of the safety. He's so good at separating against bad coverage. That's a big deal for an Oakland team that simply does not have that consistent separator right now. So Jerry Judy at 12, run the card up to the podium. If Judy was still on the board for the Colts here at 13, Ben, I probably would have given him to him even over the quarterback that many Colts fans want to be mocked to them for the next couple of months. But for this mock, because Judy is gone and the and CeeDee Lamb, I'll give him Jordan Love. This is a player who Colts fans, it's funny, there are a lot of other fan bases who Jordan Love has been mocked to in the first round where the fan bases go, oh man, he's just some big-armed guy, throws a lot of interceptions, a lot of touchdowns, has no control, he's a project. You don't draft those kinds of guys in the first round. And meanwhile, Colts fans are like, Hell yeah. <laughs> Give us Jordan Love. We trust what this coaching staff and Frank Reich is going to do with a guy like that. They think they're going to groove him out of his mistakes that he was making this year. Remember, he went 32 touchdowns, just six interceptions the year before. So we know that Jordan Love can do it. Certainly took a step back this year, and that wasn't good to see. But the Colts need a quarterback. They need a quarterback of the future. It's not going to be Jacoby Brissett. Let's give him Jordan Love. He's probably got the highest ceiling of any of the guys that are left, and I think the Colts will take a good hard look at this guy no matter where they're picking in the first round, whether it is here at 13 or wherever they end up selecting. We get all the way to to Tampa Bay at 14, mm-hmm. and Jacob Eason is the best quarterback on the board. You cannot tell me you didn't do this to me on purpose. Um, Yeah, you're right. I did it to you on purpose. How many quarter? Wait, have I selected all the quarterbacks? Bro, no. one, two at five. Herbert at seven. Herbert seven. Yeah, love at 13. Love yes, at 13. Yes, I have. Yes, I have. I'm proud of you. Four quarterbacks gone. Um, I'm forcing you to make a pick that help, that tries to help Jameis Winston. Is really going to like Eason that much? Tell me right now. Um, Here's the thing. Jameis is probably going to be back on the franchise tag. Um, because they because they they're gonna need another year out of him. Like even if they drafted a first round quarterback this year, they're gonna need Jameis back in the building for something. Bruce cannot handle another year where they just punt the first half of the season. He can't. That can't happen again. So they're probably gonna bring Winston back no matter what. Even if they draft a quarterback in the first round. But even if Jameis isn't the guy moving forward, it has to has to has to be a player with a big arm. Has to. So, Jacob Eason's got a big arm. I don't really like him that much. I think he folds under pressure. I think it's really dangerous to draft a quarterback high who doesn't operate well under pressure. But in terms of will Tampa like Eason? Yeah, because he can sling it. Because he can get the ball down the field. So, he's going to be on their radar. Yeah, he is. Jacob Eason at 14 to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Hey, you. Five quarterbacks in the first 14 picks. Let us get frisky. Yeah. Uh, wide receiver for the Denver Broncos. Definitely on the table. I also think that 
top cornerback could be on the table. We've got Christian Fulton. We've got Trayvon Diggs. We've got Sean Wade. Those are all options. They also need offensive tackle help. Tristan Wirfs is still left. I think it's going to be a combination of one of those, but I think that Elway is also giving himself the flexibility to pick best player available. Because of how deep this wide receiver class is, I'm giving him Tristan Wirfs here. Um, I just think that he is more valuable to them in a BPA situation than even a guy like Henry Ruggs, who is still there. I think that Ruggs would be a, a good pick as well for Denver, as as do I think that Christian Fulton would be. But in terms of what they need the most, I think offensive line is still the best out of the guys who are available. So Tristan Wirfs there to 15, Denver Broncos. You remember when the nope. Falcons were picking like four? Yeah, man. How about that? I remember, like, when I was in Mercedes-Benz Stadium, which is where Atlanta plays, because it was the morning of the Bucks falcons game. I was writing my TDN article for that day in the press box. I got there early. I was there at, like, 8 a.m., and I was writing that the Falcons have a shot at Chase Young, and that was, right. I think— what was that, six weeks ago? I remember I was in the building when I wrote that, that they got a shot at Chase Young. Now they're picking 16. Insane. It's beautiful. Hate Now they have a chance at, you know, waiting so long that they'll be able to watch Chase Young's interview on NFL <laughs> Network after he gets picked 20 times when they have to pick. Listen, I've talked about this pick, this this fit before. I'm not going to shake from it now. I love the idea of AJ Epinesa in Atlanta. We expect Dan Quinn to be back. They've won six of their last eight. Uh, this is clearly a, a a player, a coach that the players want to play for. That is the first bar you have to clear as an NFL head coach at Chip Kelly, at Adam Gase, at Greg Williams. So that that alone will continue to encourage Arthur Blank to keep Quinn around. And then obviously Quinn's got to figure out what the frick is going on with his coordinators and, and getting guys who can call the right plays and get the right personnel in the right situation. There was improvements in the second half of the season. Hopefully they keep building on them. But Abe Epinesa is the sort of edge that Quinn likes in terms of the mold, in terms of the physicality, in terms of the size. He's going to test well enough for Dimitrov, who likes the three cone. He likes the broad jump. And Epinesa is going to be strong in those tests. He makes a lot of sense for their mold. So AJ Epinesa filling a need, filling a mold in Atlanta. You know, I keep doing these mock drafts where I get a lot of really good fits above wherever the Cowboys end up, and yet they still end up with a guy as talented as Grant Delpit. Man, if Grant Delpit can fall all the way to the late teens for the Cowboys to select him, they should be doing backflips. I think corner and safety are two of the biggest needs for the Cowboys. Right now, I think Grant Delpit would be their guy, certainly, uh, probably, their most sought-after player from that defensive back group. And if he can make it all the way up to a 17, I don't I don't know if come draft day they're going to be able to sit there and got, get him. I know you've mocked them Xavier McKinney before, which I think would also be a good pick. Good but, ball player. Yeah, no, very good ball player. I think Grant Delpit, though, if he is still on the board here at 17, he's got to be what the Cowboys are looking for. I think they'll pull the trigger on him. All right, Grant Delpit at 17. Now mm-hmm. Miami on their second pick. Very funnily enough, we have three picks traded in the first I'm round. sorry, very what? Funnily. Is that like funny? Yeah, funnily enough. Okay. I don't think I've in ever heard that before. In a strange or amusing way. All right. According to Google. We have three traded picks in the first round, and they now ended I'm up impressed. being picked. Now I'm impressed that you just Googled it that fast. 
How'd you do that? I'm moving here. I I guess so. So we have four traded picks in the first round. Okay. But the three that are in the top 20 ended up at 18, 19, and 20. It's very funny. So uh, now Miami picking at the Pittsburgh pick from the Minka Fitzpatrick trade at pick 18. Tua Tungavailoa already off the board. Now we're just looking to add potentially the best talent that's left. To me, that's Henry Ruggs. The wide receiver is not a big need for this team, but Ruggs at 18 is a rare sight to see. Listen, Devontae Parker is a good ball player. Albert Wilson is a fun player underneath. Alan Hearns signed to extension. Absolutely, there's room for Henry Ruggs on this team. You cannot watch the Kansas City Chiefs. You cannot watch the San Francisco 49ers and tell me, no, there's not enough, you know, too many mouths to feed in the wide receiver room. And like the Niners, I bring up, like, oh, the Niners don't have like an elite top wide receiver. Yeah, they have a ton of different guys, a lot of them who do the same thing well, and they still in- integrate and-, and use all of them, and they're really effective passing offense accordingly. You cannot turn down this level of physical ability, this high of a floor because of speed when you're in a rebuild like Miami is in. So to me, Henry Ruggs, best player left on the board, comfy, uh, easy pick. Boy, if the Raiders get this kind of a draft, Ben, Mike Mayock and John Gruden will be doing backflips off the desk in which they make the calls to make the picks. Because you already gave them Jerry Judy at number 12. And here at number 19, I'm giving them Christian Fulton. What picks this would be what a first round haul that would be for the Oakland Raiders two playmakers that they desperately need on both sides of the ball filled here in the first round now even if it's not guys like Fulton and Judy you know they could easily come away with um you know Henry Ruggs maybe at number 12 and Trayvon Diggs or Sean Wade it it here at, at pick number 19. Maybe if they even love Jeff Gladney enough. I don't know. You know, th- they can come away with a really nice cornerback wide receiver combo. And here they get, they maybe get the best case scenario in both getting Judy at 12 and, and Fulton at 19. Dude. Uh, so firstly, I mean, Jacksonville is devastated because in the same way that they love to go wide receiver early and then flip back onto cornerback at their, uh, their next pick. Unfortunately for them, the Rams finished at 20 and the Bears finished at 19. And so Oakland has the ability to go for Christian Fulton. Mm -hmm. They're looking at Trevon Diggs instead of the corner out of Alabama, who's a player that I I very frequently mock to them at 20. And I think appropriately so. Diggs is a big ex-wide receiver body. He's a fantastic athlete on the outside. He is not as polished as Christian Fulton, the LSU kid is, in man and press cover. Fulton is better at turning his head and locating the football, an area where Diggs still struggles, which is a big deal because he can get grabby. But the physical tools are there and likely better than what you get from Fulton. There is some time that you're going to need to have to develop this player. New coaching staff in Jacksonville from what we expect from the Diana Rossini scoop, which I believe to be true, could change what they value at the corner position. So again, this is a tough thing to, to figure out when you have these coaching staffs change. We don't know how exactly that's going to affect mock drafts. But Trevon Diggs for right now would make sense for what we've seen Jacksonville do on defense under Todd Wash. So Trevon Diggs at 20. Those are all the picks that we know. Bonus pick for there for Jacksonville. I would have taken Javon Kinlaw. But that's just me. I like it. That's just me. I like the idea it's of that. I mean, you know what? Jacksonville and a good defensive line. These are just things that always need to exist. It's happiness in the NFL. Some status quo you want to keep, that's one of them that I like. There we go. 20 picks up, 20 picks down. That was the first round selection for every single team 
that knows their draft spot so far. Obviously, we're going to have the playoff games, the wild card weekend coming up this weekend on Saturday and Sunday. Next week, we're going to have four more teams that are going to be selecting uh, or, or just know where they are selecting in the 2020 NFL draft. So we will have to expand our mock draft coming up next week. Later this week, we, of course, got to talk the college ball playoff, the things that we saw this past weekend. We got to preview the national championship, some of the bowl games that are left over. We got to turn our attention back to the NFL to preview some of those playoff matchups. And then Ben and I are going to get into a lot of the declarations that we've seen come across the wire, some guys that have already put their name in the hat for the 2020 draft pool, and also get into some guys that are undecided. Maybe on the fence, we get to debate, hey, should they stay? Should they go? If they decide this, what might be a target? What might be some teams that are interested? So we're going to get into a lot of football talk, all right? The regular season is over. The football talk does not end. Until all then, you guys keep it locked right here on Locked on NFL Draft.